Good evening, everybody. We are on our 55th Q&A. We just thank God for <coughs> all the questions, and we thank God for the answers, <laughs> and we try our best to be as true as we can with our frailties, limited understanding to the Word of God, and we pray you are blessed and you are strengthened. We have painful, tough questions today, too. And I thank everyone for sending in their questions. And this evening, before we look into the questions, we look to the Lord, because God has the answer. He alone has the answer. And uh, in Him, we find our answer. Father, this evening, we just come to you. Bring all those who have asked this question. Some are hurting. Some are angry. Some are confused. There are so many who are listening, Lord. Everybody is going through something or the other. Hmm. And you already gave the answer 2,000 years ago. Your answer to the question is your son. And today I pray your son will speak to all those who are confused or angry, Hmm. bitter or hurting. Hmm. Speak, Lord. Use Hmm. us as your servants, to speak your son into their lives. Spirit of God, I pray you will rest upon us and all the hearers, Lord, for you alone can break the yoke and give us strength. Come with this time into thy hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yes, Pastor Vijay. So there are tough questions, uh, but we will go with the simplest one today. First, it's uh, question number five. How is it that you stay tuned with all that is going on in America and in the world and don't even miss anything even after the daily ministry you do? Well, I don't get, I don't stay tuned in all that is going on in America. That's beyond any man. <laughs> Only God is tuned into what is happening everywhere. The simple thing is that, no. The simple thing is this, um, You don't watch news first. Mm. You meditate upon God's word first. And you saturate yourself in the word of God. I'm not talking about memorizing scripture. Okay? No. That as it's very important part that the Bible talks about. I'm more talking about meditating mm. upon the word of God. So we understand the fundamental principles of God's kingdom. Because that's what we are. We are part of God's kingdom. The kingdom of God is within us. We are serving the king and the kingdom. We are anticipating the coming of the king and the kingdom anytime. Once you've got that framework in your mind, it's very easy to read news. Amen. You don't have to waste time on anything because you know what concerns the kingdom and what does not. Mm-hmm. And that's all it takes. You are able to read through the news okay. because the news is usually a bunch of lies. Mm-hmm. Most of the news is a huge pack of lies. They are more concerned about rating. And one huge chunk of the news media is practically demonic. Mm-hmm. It is demonic. They have their own devil-driven agenda. So you should be able to see through it and not waste your time over it. It's very easy, actually. It's very easy to, one, look at it, you know what's news and what is not news. And you don't have to waste your time over it. Because we are kingdom people. Now, that's our perspective. Mm-hmm. We are not news-oriented people. We are kingdom people. And you look through the news headlines, and you will see the agenda 
and you will see where the kingdom comes in and you are able to discern. Yes, That's how you save your time. Amen. You know? And God, God himself leads you to the... He news, will lead you. He will show you. Exactly. Actually, he will show you what man. Because what, what is the important thing? Looking at the news to see whether it is relevant, whether uh-huh. I need to pray for it or leave it alone. Okay, it doesn't concern. Pastor, there's some questions which are related to church-related uh, questions. Yeah. Six and seven uh, fall in that category, even eight. So let's go through them first. Okay. I once heard you saying that you live away from your family and relatives, uh, aren't much happy about what you do, and they don't even keep you tuned about their lives. Well, all of us actually live away from our families. I mean, we are, we don't live in joint families like Pastor Vijay has his family here, but he doesn't live with them. They are in two parts of the city. So we all live, and I'm from another state altogether. I live far away from my actual home. So we all live far away, and once people get old, gets married, they all, my siblings are all, all around the world. So we live far away. <coughs> That's a natural part of life. The second thing. How is it that it doesn't make you sad? I come from a Christian family, or you can say a believing family, but still when I changed my church to a church that is that has a solid spiritual leadership, a pastor who really teaches us the sound doctrines that the world cannot accept, my family isn't stopping me from leaving, but they aren't even happy and okay with it. Since then, there is no peace in my family, and there are always arguments between my dad and me concerning the scriptures and doctrines. It makes me sad, and I really want to know uh, you know how you have the peace and it doesn't really make you sad. We, we have to distinguish between people and issues. So two different things. There is a person and there is an issue. If you are able to separate these two, we can deal with the issues and continue to have uh, love people and have peace with people. The word of God says pursue peace with all men. As much as, possible. as, as much, much as possible. As much as possible. No? So we don't have, we, we will have, always will have issues. Even a husband and wife has issues. There are issues and there is the person. And we deal with issues. And some issues cannot be dealt with. And leave it alone. Leave it alone. You don't have to worry about it. In my case, it's different. Most, most of my family, most of my side of the family are unbelieving. Non-believing Christians. So, what do I do with them? I just pray for them and leave them alone. And what has come between us, the wall is my faith. And I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Do I condemn them? No. Am I mad with them? No. They may be mad with me, like uh, David's brothers were mad with him, but he wasn't mad with them. Yeah, it's vibrating sounds. Yeah, But he was not mad with them. You know? So that's that's the whole thing. Okay? And second thing we need to realize is that uh, we need to be very careful that our attachment to our own flesh and blood is not flesh. Okay? Attachment. We have to be very careful about our attachments. We are like, you know, the standard saying we have in our church during weddings, because the closest relationship God has put on earth is a husband and a wife, and then it's a parent and a child, a mother and a baby. Primarily, these two are put over there. Even if the mother who nurses forsakes you, God puts over there. That's an attachment. And then the husband and wife, they are one. But even there, we actually say that, give your wife your hand and give your heart to God. Okay, the problem is, where our treasure is, Mm. that's where our heart is. If your heart gets attached 
to people who are flesh. Mm. Who are flesh. Okay. The Bible doesn't say David and Jonathan were one spirit. Mm. It says they were one soul. soul. Yes. They were one soul. Okay. But if a heart gets attached to people and then those people, you give them power to disturb you and disturb your peace with God. That's where we have to be very, very careful about it. And that's something which we need to know. You see, flesh and blood will always demand your, the loyalty of your heart. Mm. Will demand. And the devil uses them. They may be ignorant about it. They will use it and they will always use blackmail, emotional blackmail they will use, you know. You know nominal Christian parents will say it is written, honor your father and mother. Okay, they will always use that. But honor is one thing, obey is one thing. These are not the two. When you are children, you obey your parents. When you are on your own, God is not asking you to obey your parents. I mean, you, you, they don't even come into that specter of making, you, unless you go to them and ask for advice. You don't have to obey them. You have to honor them. Honor is something which you give somebody because of an office he or she holds. What is the office he holds? He holds the office of your father. He holds the office of your the mother. There are two offices. You honor that office. Obedience is something that is connected to truth. Hmm. It is connected to truth. So you will see. And a lot of people also what happens, I've seen that in in India too, that especially people who come from... Mainline churches, okay, we call mainline churches. We are not condemning any of them. But the problem is they are more attached to the church than to God. Attached to the church. Okay, this is my, my grandfather will date. My great grandmother was buried over here. So what difference does it make if God has left that place? Or there is no doctrine over there. The spirit of God is not moving. Why do you want to live in a cemetery? You know, it's a simple question. And there are plenty of cemeteries over here. We get this thing over there. Because you have to move. You see, how did, where are we are all, why are we all over there? Because a Catholic priest chose to stand up against the might of the Catholic Church. Amen. His name was Martin Luther. That's how the Protestant movement began, starting with the Lutheran Church. Okay. How did the Baptist movement start? Because the difference between the Lutherans, the Anglicans, and about baptism. And mm. it's a fundamental truth of the Bible. There's mm. an essential doctrine. So the Baptists separated from the other group over a thing called baptism. And you cannot fool around with baptism. Baptism is the baptism of the believer and it is by immersion. And the Baptists died. They were killed yes. for what they believed. They were they were drowned in their own baptism pools. Okay, so they died for what they believed. And the next came from they came the Pentecostals. Okay, the Pentecostals and the rest of the Baptists separated over this second experience with the Holy Spirit that there is something called the baptism of the Holy Spirit and about the evidence of it is speaking in tongues. And many of them were excommunicated, send them out. Okay, so what happened? You could have a Baptist brother and a Pentecostal sister. Are they both saved? Definitely. Is God their father? Yes. yes. But you know what? A division has come over doctrine. And that's what the Bible does. And the word of God does. Truth does. Truth brings unity. And truth brings division. First it divides. And then those who are divided onto one side by the truth are united. Mm-hmm. Okay, but do we hate each other? No. That is the key. That is the key. Okay, When I look at it, I see that. I personally see that. I mean, I know in my, as a Pentecostal, I love Baptists, but I see Baptists despise Pentecostals. Yes, that's true. Despise Pentecostals. And I, till today, I still listen to 
or read Baptist preachers because I know they are fantastic in in their doctrine, in the in the reading of scripture. So I don't. But if I want something more than that, if I want to go to the revelatory part of what themselves they have said, I need to go to a Pentecostal mm-hmm. preacher. I need to go to a solid Pentecostal preacher to read what they are. And I look at this and I look at I see here and I see here. I see the difference. Do I despise them? No. I don't despise them. But they do. And that's a test of you this thing. And to the point they will call you demonic. Yes. They will call you demonic until they get that experience. And then they get the experience, they will realize, oh, okay, okay, this was it. So we don't, we are not mad with them. We are not angry with them. It's a test of your of your maturity, of your faith. You know, if you believe you are going, growing and going up, <laughs> then you don't look down yeah, on man. people. <laughs> yes. You, you care for them. Man. But family and all, you need to realize, no, there is Family, but there are two kinds of family. There's a flesh and blood family, and then there is a spiritual family. Even in the spiritual family, there are divisions. Even Jesus had no divisions. Yes. Okay. Wherever he went, specific cases is very clear. So James, John, and Peter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now Peter has a brother called Andrew who brought Peter to this thing. But God, Jesus doesn't take Andrew with him. He takes Peter with him. Okay. So, what do you say to that? And what do you say to the? Why did Jesus do that? Because he realizes among the twelve, these three are the more spiritual. Okay, therefore he can talk to them more. Like honestly, if I look in the church, it's my church, not mine in the sense it's God's church. I'm one of the pastors, and I love my sheep. But the question is, can I talk and fellowship with everyone the same way? No, I cannot. It cannot. But do I talk to everybody? Almost everybody I talk to them every week. But I talk to them as a pastor at their level. At their level. Okay? And to some people I can talk to them because I know they have grown and you can have a conversation with them because they will understand what you are saying. So we have to look at that. But at the end of the day we need to realize they may not have peace with us. But we should, you need to have peace with them. And that's something which you need to be very, very careful, that you have peace with all men. That it, there is no offense. There is no offense. Man. You haven't sinned against them. They may have sinned against you in word or deed, but you are cool about it. You let, let it go. Okay, let it go. And you have peace with them. And that's how, that's how you function. That's how you function. Question number seven says, um, the Bible does not... Uh, but Bible says not to judge others, but it also says to discern everyone. Can you please give us a difference between the, between both? Because in today's time, it's too difficult to discern and really speak about the dead churches and how the human ways and ideas have made the churches paralyzed. When our pastor really speaks about these things, most people condemn, saying that he's criticizing. Okay, there are two things. Uh, when you judge, when you judge, like... You don't judge where you do not have authority. Yes. Okay. First, judgment and discernment are two different things. You judge only where you have authority. Okay. You don't judge where you do not have authority. Now, I will not judge the pastor of so and so church. But if that church is online and they are well known, then I will judge the doctrine. 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 Because doctrine changes lives. I'm not judging the person. I'm judging the doctrine. There are plenty of prosperity preachers. Okay? 
and we have to judge the doctrine because that doctrine is swaying and taken multitude. So the question is, God is a, is God a God who prospers? Yes. So am I judging prosperity? No. I'm judging their doctrine, selective doctrine of mm, prosperity, prosperity, which is very, very dangerous and can, and also, no, which sets up people to, to be fleeced. Okay, so there are different kinds of doctrines. We judge doctrines. We don't judge people. people. And when, uh, when you judge, when you judge, uh, doctrine, if people get offended, it is fine. It is okay. Jesus judged the doctrine. He did. Beware of the living of the Pharisees. They got upset. Okay, he judged the Sadducees. He judged this, uh, um, the the Herodians. Let me tell you about this. Um, can you leave the Sadducee alone, guys who don't believe in resurrection? If you don't believe in resurrection, then what is there left? Hmm. Okay, so you have to. Okay, we have to judge the doctrines. Okay, when we judge the doctrine about when we talk about the Baptists, we are talking about the denomination, not about individuals who do not believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit as an experience. As an experience, okay, and they will come up with their old doctrine. But you or I, who have experienced, they look at the doctrine and you will say it does not fit the bill, mm-hmm. even of the Bible. And when they come to that reading of that, it misses their. It's like the Jew reading Isaiah fifty-three. <laughs> you can get the best rabbi in the world and get him to read Isaiah fifty-three, and he still misses it. <laughs> he simply is not able to see Jesus there. You get the smallest child in the kingdom of God, ask him to read Isaiah 53, he will see Jesus all over the place. Okay, so we judge doctrine. Discernment is something else. Discernment is something everybody should have. And mm. the Bible says in Corinthians, the spiritual person, mm. okay, it says, okay, spiritual, we shall go over there. It's in Corinthians. Uh, First Corinthians chapter two. Yeah, got it. Yeah, you can put fourteen and fifteen. Okay, fourteen and fifteen. The natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So there is a natural man and there is a spiritual man, and even in the church there are saved natural men. Yeah, you're called carnal Christians. <laughs> Okay, carnal Christian. Carnal Christians are easy prey for the wolves. Very easy prey. That's how the prosperity gospel and preachers are so big because it's easy prey because they will preach to your flesh. Who does not want easy money? Hmm. Hmm? Who does not? If somebody were to give you a lottery ticket and says, I absolutely sure this ticket is going to win a prize. No, they will take it. They will take it. See, the prosperity gospel, spirituals, I'm not saying all of them. Some of them are fantastic. They are good. They are godly. But people don't listen to them. They listen to the ones who are like, you know, who flees. So here over there, the Bible says, the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. He who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Okay. The carnal man cannot judge the spiritual man. It's like Eliab judging David. David, yeah. Okay, you're full of pride and this thing. Why did you leave that this thing? His entire judgment is completely wrong. First, he didn't even ask, why are you here? Who sent you? Simple thing, if you ask the question, dad sent me with bread and cheese. So it's not that he left the sheep. This is a guy who will not leave the sheep. This is a guy who goes from the palace to the sheep. This is a guy who has risked his life to shave his... None of these things he knows. 
It's all hidden. Nothing he knows yes. about this thing, about David. And it's a carnal man judging a spiritual man. Okay? Judging a spiritual man. But the spiritual man judges all, the, does not say he judges all people. Hmm. He does not judge all people. He judges all things of all people. He's able to. Okay, when people talk, when people behave in such way, you know what? He has discernment which the Holy Spirit gives. He is able, even when you're listening to a sermon, he is able to know in that sermon what is spirit and mm-hmm. what is flesh, yep. what is of God and what is not of God. Mm-hmm. Why? But it doesn't come overnight yes. because he's one, solid in the word, and two, he's moving in the in spirit. spirit. Otherwise, it will. even if you're solid in the word, you will go wrong. The word can be interpreted with your human soul, with your human intelligence and mind. It can be. But uh, the spirit has to interpret the word. Hmm. That's how it becomes living. So discernment is one thing. And we need discernment. We need the spirit of discernment. Otherwise, people will get fooled. Judging is something else. Hmm. We don't judge. For yes. judge, you have, you can only, the only person I can judge 100% is myself. myself yes. Okay. After that, there are boundaries set. There are boundaries set. How you judge your spouse, how you judge your children, then how you judge your church, or you judge, okay? So the, the, the only one who can judge that way is God. He's mm-hmm. sovereign. And all his judgments are absolutely right. Absolutely right. So understand this difference between judgment and don't ask God, give me the spirit of judgment. No, say, Lord, give me the spirit of discernment. discernment. When you judge, then the Bible says with the same measure, measure that you, you judge. judge you will be, you will be, you know. That's where David went wrong. When he came, he came Nathan came and gave him that illustration about the, the lamb. And he said, who is that? He, he shall pay with his blood. But that was, the law never says that. Mm-hmm. The law never says that. It never says that. You take somebody's sheep, you don't get killed. There's nothing in the law like that. You just have to return the sheep. But he passed a judgment and the, the law comes into effect, which is, comes later with the same measure you judge. Okay, you will kill, your child will die and the sword will go through your family. Lord, why did you judge me? He said the same measure. You <laughs> did the same measure, right? It's the same measure which you judged. The same measure will come to you. That's what the Bible is talking about. Otherwise, we have to make judgments in life. We have to make no concerning because you have to make judgments. How is it going to affect me? Okay, going to make up. Every day we are making judgments. Every day, the whole day is full of judgments we need to make. And because why? You're protecting yourself. And discernment is something else. But you don't judge others. Mm. You judge others' words. You judge others' actions. You judge behavior. And you just see that if I go with that, how will it affect me? How will it affect me? Yes, Pastor Vijay? So another question on the same lines, similar lines, uh, regarding the church. Our pastor doesn't involve and indulge with the other churches and ministry programs in our town because they almost all of them are compromised and are not led by the spirit. People find another reason here to criticize him saying he doesn't love and even call our church a cult. Can you tell us using scriptures that this is the right thing to do or not? I mean, uh, in the first place... Uh Okay, you want scripture, right? Let us go to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 and 12 and 30. 
Okay. He gave himself some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of faith. Okay. There are two unit, three unities. One is the unity of spirit, the unity of faith and the unity that comes from love. The first unity which is possible with everybody is the unity of love. You love them. For God so loved the world. Okay? You love the world. You love the church. But when it comes to unity of faith, you need to be very sure you cannot be united with everybody. Because faith comes from hearing and hearing comes from the word of God. And the word of God is truth and truth will separate us. Okay? So... Even we do not involve with, uh, I mean, and they call us to a, ch- a cult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, it is okay. I mean, the whole question when I ask them is a simple question is that, uh, on what basis do you uh, call us a cult? Okay, now we'll ask a simple thing. Let me ask a simple question. A Baptist church only fellowships with Baptist churches. Lutheran church only with Lutheran churches. CSI only with CSI churches. Are they a cult? No. no. You know, Catholic church fellowships only with Catholic churches. Are they a cult? No. So when you are an independent church, everybody thinks you have to be with everybody. When they do what we do, they are not a cult. Okay. But when we do what they do, we become a cult. We become a cult. Okay, so we have to be very careful about it. But we do uh, help out all the churches. Yes. Okay. Now we don't call them to preach in our churches, but they call us to preach in their churches, and we do not say no. We go. We are free, and the Lord leads. We go. We go preach, and we don't offend them mm-hmm. at all. Okay. I look at the church and I look at them and ask the Lord what to give over here. Mm. Okay, and we don't have to go there and offend them at all. Yes. Okay, so when you are talking about it, because it's not that I don't fellowship with them. And the simple thing is that I don't meet them. I don't have the time to meet any of them. I'm looking at the same, probably the same pastor has. No? Where do we have the time to meet? Hmm. We are so busy with our own work. You know, God has given me a, a sheepfold, a church, and the attached ministries. We don't have time beyond that. No, I'm not going to come for um, Secunderabad Pastors Fellowship and all that. I am not. I don't have the time for that. Do I go? Yes. When when they call me to preach, Mm -hmm. I go. I preach and come. But I am not going to meet every... Because this is not a political organization. Do Will I pray for them? Will I be there for them where I can help them? Definitely I will be. But most of these pastors, not most, many of them have so much time on their hands. Okay, that's the issue. Okay, if they were busy doing God's work, they would not have time to do other things. Sometimes I wonder, how do they have this time? Where do they get this time from? Okay, so it does not matter if people call you a cult. The question is, is your doctrine biblical? Mm -hmm. That's the only thing. And if somebody calls you a cult in your face, you just ask them this question. Have you heard my messages? Yeah, exactly. Our messages are all Absolutely there. Absolutely online. Our transcripts are all over. Check Your, it. Yours aren't. Ours are. Mm-hmm. Everything is there. Why do you call me a cult? On what basis do you call me a cult? Tell me at the doctrine. 
and ask me why do you? One of the reasons they will say the church is a very cult because they all marry from among their church. I will tell them the simple question. Most of my congregation members come from non-Christian families. Okay? Second, many of the ones who married within the church is a believing girl married a believing boy from my church. But believing boys did not have to marry believing girls from my church. Hmm. Right? Girls. I'll tell you why. I said this is the simple thing. You don't know the whole story. You called me a cult by looking at the marriage. You don't know that. The girl's parents come to me hmm. and they tell me, this child is yours. We don't understand their faith. But we understand this child believes in your God. This child is yours. So please find a boy according to your faith for this girl. Now let me ask you this question. I'll tell them. This girl, I find a boy from another church. And every marriage will have issues. This girl, once she's married and she's gone, she's gone. Girl marries and gone, she's gone. She's now in the husband's church. And there is a problem in her marriage. Who will help her? Who will help her? Can I intervene? No, I can't. Because he belongs to another church. I have cases like that. I have two cases like that where I could, I'm totally helpless. <laughs> totally helpless. Yes. Okay. Now I was not involved in that matter other than officiating, but the decisions were made by others. But you know what? Both the girls have terrible problems in their marriage, still today not solved, and I was not able to intervene at all because that is exactly what a father would do for his daughter. If he wants to marry his daughter off, he will be very careful about the boy she may. Son is a different thing. He brings the girl home. The boy in my church brings the girl. We have boys who are married in the girl home. So he will always tell. I will tell. The boy says, okay, your wife is not happy. Just take care of it because he is in my under my roof. I'm able to handle. But if a girl goes away, it is different. And because of that, without understanding any background, you will say, why are you a cult? Oh, because they all marry each other. Come on. Don't your people in your church marry each other? Does it become a cult? Mm-hmm. See, they will come up. The problem is, if you start preaching the word of God, preaching the word of God, you will have trouble in the kingdom of God. Hmm. They did not have any problem with Jesus about his healings or his miracles or his deliverance and all the basic problem was with his preaching. That his preaching did not agree with their interpretation of the word. If he preached what they preached and did all the stuff, they would have been happy embraced him with both hands. But the problem was, you remember, don't fill Jerusalem with your doctrine. Mm -hmm. That was a threat given to them. It's not about the healing. It is not about the healing. It is about the doctrine. Okay, so whenever, okay. But some doctrines have to be checked. I'm not saying cults have their doctrines. And if you look at their doctrines, the doctrines are very dangerous. Okay. My question too is, if somebody calls your pastor and your church a cult, you need to ask them, what doctrine makes our church a cult? And I will ask the same thing. What doctrine makes my church a cult? Simple tell me. I don't call your church a cult. I may say you're a sleepy, sleepy church. You have no fire in your church. I won't call it a cult because that's not mine. But I will call Jehovah's Witnesses a cult. I will call Mormons a cult. I will call Christian Science a cult. They are cults. They are not church. And this mother group that has come from Korea, there are cults absolutely labeled. Don't even go near them. Don't go anywhere near them because they are cults. They are dangerous. They take you away from Christ. 
they don't preach Christ. They take you away from Christ or they change the whole nature of God completely. Be careful about them. I don't call even Seventh-day Adventist a cult. Mm. They are saved. They are believers. But they have an issue. They are very legalistic in their approach. And they have the Seventh-day, Saturday, Sabbath. But other than that, most of the things I don't have much. And only thing they put so much this thing on their founder, Ellen G. White, and her prophecies. Okay, but then I cannot, at that alone, I cannot find fault because her prophecies are connected with the second coming of Jesus mm. Christ and her reading of Daniel and Revelation and all. They have books on that and all that, but they don't take her prophecies and put it as above or as the Bible. They don't do it. They teach it to their thing. That's fine. But do I agree with the seventh day Sabbath? No, I don't agree with that. But just because of that, it doesn't become a cult. They, they preach Christ. They preach Christ, absolutely Christ. They believe, they, are, they believe in being born again. They believe in baptism and all that. So fundamentals are all over there. We don't call them a cult. But Jehovah's Witness, Mormons, Christian Science, no. Christian Science have their founders book on par with the Bible. And they don't read the Bible. They book, they read their book. Mormons have their book. Mormon book, yeah. Okay. And that is when it becomes a problem. So we need to understand when somebody calls you a cult, you need to ask them, why do you call me a cult? Hmm. Pastor, can we go to the tough questions now? Let us go to tough questions. Yes. Uh, we'll start from the beginning, Pastor. Question number one. Uh, why does God expose all the Christians? He's doing that real fast. I see it all over the news. But why will he not expose all the Democrats, the leftists, the wicked ones faster enough? Okay. <laughs> okay. There are two things about it. Uh, <clears throat> there is God who exposes. Mm. I, I haven't watched news about all the, because it's all happening in the US. Their news is all over the place. So we don't hear except for one big name. We haven't, we really hardly bother about the rest of the people and all. There is God, ex- yeah. Net is gone? Okay. There is God who exposes. There is devil who exposes. When God exposes, he exposes it for a different reason. When the devil exposes, usually it is a lie mixed with truth. When devil exposes, it is to destroy God's servant, the ministry, the church. Okay? When God does something... It's a different purpose together, all together, completely all together. So we need to look at these two patterns. When we are talking about God, uh, judgment begins in the house, house of God. God. Yeah. One of the fundamental things you need to understand is that we should not be bothered about the world mm. or the, what the world thinks about us. One of the fundamental things. Okay. Don't worry about what the world says and the world thinks. Yes, the testimony matters. I'm not saying you are discounting the testimony. Okay, I'm not testimony. But be not be worried too much about what the world does, says about us. Because the world will never understand the gospel. It doesn't matter who you are. You could be a man like Daniel or you could be a man like Paul. Impeccable testimony from the day he bowed his knees to Jesus till the day he died. But even Paul was saved only by grace. 
if you ask Paul, who are you? He will say, worst of sinners. Mm. A sinner saved by grace. grace. Okay? Get that picture primarily in. So when you start nitpicking and throwing mud and people throw mud, get the picture of Christianity. We are not making excuses for what has happened. But don't ever forget that you are not saved by your testimony. Mm. You're not saved by your testimony. You are saved by grace and grace alone. Mm. That's the first thing. Second, when the world talks about it, don't worry about the world. It shouldn't matter what the world says. It should only matter, Lord, your testimony. That's what it should matter. Your testimony is getting messed up. You are getting messed up. You are not worried about the testimony of the church or the testimony of that person or the testimony of the ministry. That is not our issue. If you turn with me to the book of Samuel, where one man, incredible, godly man, fell like nine pins right over there. Okay. This is what verse 14, chapter 12, 2 Samuel, and verse 14. Verse 14. 2 Samuel 12, 14. Got it? It hasn't come here. However, because by this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. Okay? Now, Ramba, very clear. Who are these people all over the news media? Enemies. Enemies of God. What are they doing? Not speaking the truth. They are blaspheming. Blaspheming God. Understand that. So we are not worried about them. Because the news is very, very smart. Let, let me put across two, two political news that are happening in the past one week. There was a terrible, terrible, terrible storm and shutdown in the state of Texas. Blocked up. Senator Ted Cruz went on a vacation to Cancun during that time because he didn't have power in his house for two days and his daughter said, can we go? They left. Somebody saw it and immediately he went and the next day he came back. Okay, But the problem is he's a senator. He's not a pastor. He has a duty to his constituents. He's got a duty to his family too. Okay, he's got two daughters and they said, Daddy, Mommy, can we go? So I'm not making, it's not my job even to judge him or anything. I'm just looking at the way the news. They're picking on Ted Cruz, the camera crews, everything. They're picking on the fact that he left his dog back in his house. On the other side in New York, Chris Kumar is responsible literally for the death of thousands of old people by the decisions he made, covered it up, covered it completely, turned it all against Trump, and the news media made him into a hero. Both are happening at the same time. And you know what the news media is covering? That he went on a vacation and not on the fact that he went. At the end of the day, let us say, what can Ted Cruz do? Yeah, he should have been there. That's his post. He should have tried to see whatever he can do, federal help and all. But he says he was on the phone, on Zoom, trying to do whatever. But I'm looking at the the hypocrisy of the world. Oh, yes. Hypocrisy. So like they are picking on Revi Zak. They're picking on Revi Zak. The guys who are picking on Revi Zak, do you want your closets emptied? News media, you want to cross empty? How many of you are gay? How many of you are bisexual? How many of you, how many multiple partners you have? How you boast about all these things? How many of alcoholics? How many of your drug addicts? You really want to, your skeleton exposed? You're picking up on him? I, I understand. Rabbi Zach has to be put on a different standard altogether because he's a servant of God. Okay. But I'm saying don't even listen to the media. I don't want to listen to you. We know who you are. 
you are enemies of God. And all you use for snippets from anything that happens in the church or a man of God or a woman of God is to blaspheme. You're not in search of truth. Mm. You're not in search of truth. You're not even. You are blasphemous of God. You know what? I don't even want to hear you. Mm. And you know, I mean, one dude is writing a book on Revizak. So you want to you wanna make money out of it? You want to make money out of somebody's fall? What are you? We're a parasite. I don't want to hear about all this. The whole thing is that uh, we'll come to that because that question is also also over there. Question number. So God will expose. Okay. See, when He exposes us, is it okay? Everything is okay. When He exposes us, no, He is He is helping us. Let me ask you this question. We see differently what God is doing and they see differently what God is doing. They don't know our God. They don't know our God. The best thing that happened to David was when Nathan came and said, you are that man. His running is over. His denial is over. He's back, getting back with God. Okay? So, the best thing to do is go to your closet, make peace with God. It happens. And sometimes the devil takes it and exposes it. But we always need to realize God is in control. He is in control. Okay. If your faith was not on God, hmm. it was on a personality, yes. and the personality falls, you will fall. fall. Exactly. But if your faith was on God, it doesn't matter who falls. Oh. It doesn't matter who falls. You will fall. And that is what pastors need to do. And that's what Apostle Paul was doing. He was trying every place he ministered to see the people's trust was in God. Mm. And he says, later, even if I I myself come and preach another gospel, let me be cursed. cursed. The gospel doesn't trust. It's not connected to me. It's beyond me. It's above me. It's come from God. Mm. That is what pastors need to do. We don't create personality cults. And if people try to create it around you, you turn them around and point them to Jesus Christ. That's what you do. And we are not worried about it. God will expose everybody. Ultimately, there's a day of judgment come. Everything that is hidden Mm -hmm. will be exposed. The funny things people are going to find out is that on the day of judgment, if Revisak made his peace with God and died in peace with God, on the day of judgment, nothing no. they are reporting will be there. <laughs> nothing they are reporting will be there. It will be all clear, hmm. cleaned out. Hmm. On the other hand, everybody who reported everything of their life will be very clear over there. Hmm. <laughs> Okay, so the simple thing is there. God has given us the opportunity. If any man sins, come to me. If he confesses the blood of Jesus. Ultimately, what matters is what happens in the, the court of public opinion. The only thing that matters is what happens in the courtroom of God. Guilty or not guilty. Clean or unclean. That's the only thing that really, really matters. And we'll get to the other part of it. Yes, no. question number nine. How do you handle the scandal? How do you... Nine, question number How nine. would you handle a scandal like Revizak? It's worse what? than ever before. Can once anyone stop talking about it and calm the storm? Or do we wait for the Lord to calm the storm and just pray? In the world, there are so many scandals and worse than anyone in the Christian world. Why do they mock us like this? Okay, the devil will mock you. The world will mock you. Don't be worried about their mock. They mocked Jesus. Okay? Jesus also, it was not true, but there was a scandal. If you want to look at it, there is truth in that scandal. They said, we are not illegitimate. So they're saying there is a rumor about your birth, that your mother was 
pregnant before she got married. Is the rumor true? Yes. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> was she con- did she conceive before she got married? Definitely. The only thing it's no man. <laughs> it is not. Is the rumor true? Yes, it is true. Okay. If you want to strictly look at natural eyes, the conception is illegitimate. <laughs> okay, but is that true in eternity? No. no, he is the son of his father, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon Mary, and he was conceived. So there, there was a scandal in his life too. Okay, and did he bother about it? He didn't bother about it. Okay, because he knew what the truth was. So there are issues over here. The question is, how would you handle a scandal like a Revisac? First, let me tell you this very, very clearly. RZIM, Revisac International Ministries, is a para-church organization. Yes, it is not a church. Mm-hmm. You need to understand the difference. There is a church, mm-hmm. only one church in the entire world, one church with many rooms. One church, which is called the Body of Christ. Different rooms with the Pentecostal room, Baptist room, Lutheran room, CNI room, Anglican room, and there's some Catholics also in that room. All this is the charismatic Catholic room. All these are there. Mm-hmm. It's a big house with many rooms. Okay? That is the church. And then there are parachurch organization. So when a parachurch organization leader falls, my question to you is, who is judging him? Who is judging him? One of the fundamental things I have learned in church history is parachurch organizations have a ministry lifespan of 40 to 60 years. After that, they peter off. Why? God will never, ever allow a parachurch organization to replace Plus his church. body. Yes, yes. The church is his body. Amen. A parachurch organization people should be attached to a church. Okay. So, this is a parachurch organization. Okay, they have an, an issue. So as an organization, they did their account. I, I, I personally, I, I don't know the details, but I think because they are an organization, this is a problem with organizations. I will tell you honestly. And I'm telling you, the whole issue is with money. Many will think the whole issue is with sex. The whole issue is with money. The problem with money is this. When you're an organization and you have all these donors, suddenly you have to be accountable for the money you get and the work you do. See, let us, let me tell you this thing. Let us say Ravi Zak was a billionaire and he ran his entire ministry on his money. Nobody would talk about it. He will say to the heck with you. I use my money, I fellow. You take my word or you leave it. The problem is money. Are you getting the picture? The problem is money. You see in the book of Acts, when people gave money, they put it at the feet of the apostles. They put it at the feet of the apostles. Okay? They didn't put it in the hand of the apostles. They put it at the feet of This is how the system works. Mm-hmm. That is why Jesus said, it's not that you should give and your giving should not be known. God said your right hand should not know what you left. Meaning, once you're given, leave it. Leave it to God. Judgment is ultimately God. You should have accountability. And if you feel an organization is not accountable, don't give your money and walk away from it. Don't judge those organizations. Leave it to God. Because nobody knows the exact truth. Nobody, not even his wife knows the exact truth. What really happened. Nobody really, really knows. I believe to a large extent, I believe he's innocent. Why do I say that? I do not know for for 
100% sure. Because I'm looking at the pattern, I'm looking at what is happening, and I have dealt with people like that who have had alter personalities. And I'm telling you about alter personalities. If Revizak is the core, and let us say the alter personality who did all these things, his name is Thomas. Zach would not know Thomas. Not know Thomas. Unless Thomas has revealed himself to Zach. Thomas can keep his identity from Zach for his entire life. And when Zach is sleeping, Thomas can come out and wake up and open the computer with the security lock, which he has put in, which Zach is not even aware of, and communicate with somebody which Zach does not even know exist. Why? Because I have cases in my life like that, where these alters used to come out and write mails and send pictures to me, and then the next day when I call the actual person, the person has no idea at all, and in that person's computer that is not even there has been taken out. Then I say, this came from your ID, and I can show you this. And then that person realizes, this alter personality is over there. Then I have to call that alter personality out, clean it out, and integrate. When you integrate, that alter personality's memory becomes that person's. And that person realizes, oh, there was a multiple person in my, I did not even know. Okay? And this is how the entire world system is being controlled. Being controlled. My understanding of it, I do not know. I do not know. Revi Zak, I only heard about him, his messages. I believe that probably when he was at some point in his life in Oxford or somebody, he went into one of these places called, sent, whatever it was, and this happened to him. And this was locked in, locked in. And this, wherever we went, whatever happened, this is the one that came out and did these things. And he Probably he himself was not aware of it. And if he was aware of it at some point of time, I believe he was absolutely ashamed of it. Mm -hmm. You see, when you are so high up over there, like he is in terms of renown, who do you go to for help? Mm -hmm. Who will understand you? Who will understand you? Who can you go to for help? Who will understand you, what you're going through? How can you talk about it? Because the only thing you are trying is that I'm struggling with my own demons and there are these tens and thousands and millions of people who listen to me. If I this come out, you know what will happen? These people will fall. I really, really feel sorry for him. I look at him and says, you know what, what this man must have battled every day of his life. You know why? Because he's such a well-known and there are millions of young people who listen to him, who are broken today. Okay. My question to you is that this is the same thing that David did. You know why? He says, this whole nation looks up to me. You know what I am in their eyes? And if this were to come out, you know what it would happen to all these people? You know what he tried to do? He tried to cover up. He tried to cover up. But God says, you cannot. You cannot cover up David. Okay. But in his case, David was not an alter personality, A-L-T-R. Like it's an alter personality. David was he himself. And God says, you know what? I'm going to cut you open, clean the wound, and heal you. Okay. But he lost face. Okay. He lost face. But it, the source of his, the way God healed him became source of healing to millions, billions down subsequent centuries, okay? So you have to look at what is happening over here. And I'm telling you is that to people is that just back off. Christian people, back, back off. off. Exactly. Back off. Back off his wife, back off his children. You don't know the truth. And don't you stand there and judge him when you do not know the truth. My question to, 
to people is this, to all the Christians. I'm not talking to the world. I care two hoots about the world. That is why it's easy for me to handle because I got nothing to do with the world other than the headlines I read a day. I have nothing to do with the world. I don't even go shopping. I don't want to do anything with the world. I'm a kingdom person. But let me tell you this question. David fell with Bathsheba, right? He goofed up. I mean, how David fell and Revizak's comparison is nothing. David's was a fall. It was a fall. Absolute total fall. Another man's wife murdered her husband. It was an absolute total mess. Let me ask you this question. Therefore, do you take all the Psalms he wrote after that out of the Bible? Why have you pulled out the books of Zachariah, the Revisacts from the Christian shops? Then tear out those pages from your Bible too. Tear out those pages. Just because this man fell, does that discount the truth God preached through him? So can you take truth out? Why are you so afraid? Why are you buckling under the Christian cancel culture? Why are you buckling? You look at his messages and see if his message is doctrinally right or wrong. If they're doctrinally wrong, even if it's a perfect, impeccable person with a pristine testimony, take his books out. But if the doctrine is right and it is powerful, even if he's wrong. Because you know what? We all are fallible vessels. Mm-hmm. But what comes through us, if it is true, it is of God. Mm-hmm. And when you took his books off this bookshelves, you took God off your bookshelves. And don't do that. Don't dare to go the way of the world. We don't cancel God's servants out in the kingdom. If somebody does, God does. I gave you a king in my anger and took him away in the wrath. Let God do it. We have no business to do it. We check doctrine. We do not judge character. That's what Paul says. Am I judging my own character? Even that does not make any difference. The portion, you know, where he says... First Corinthians chapter 4. Yeah, ultimately God has to judge my character. First Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4. God has to judge my character, okay? So I get upset when I see these people doing this stuff, you know? You know what? And I really, really feel for his wife and his children and the families, his grandchildren, because, you know, just, just back off. Just back off, okay? Because the question is that, I'm not talking about the world. The world will do that. The world will do that. I'm upset with the church. The church, okay? And one of the fundamental mistakes, I believe RGIM did, two fundamental mistakes, if my, I don't, I didn't read, I didn't even want to read yeah, about exactly, it, okay? Exactly. One of the fundamental things is that if I love and respect somebody in my life, I don't read dirt about them. Mm-hmm. I just try to keep them in my memory that I don't want to hear dirt about them because I do not know the person. I only know what he has preached and I liked what he preached. Did I disagree with him in one or two things? One thing, I believe he should have never gone to the Mormon tabernacle and preached. I always had an issue with that because Mormons are a cult and I don't know why he went over there. Other than that, I, I think he was an incredible speaker and he really touched people and places where nobody could go. None of us could have that kind of an opportunity. Therefore, I knew the devil was after him, would go him, that even if he's dead, dead, they will dig up his bones to mess up his testimony so that people will not listen to him at a time like this when everybody, okay, it's like the the Democrat people, who, the fellow who brought, fellow lady who brought a bill number 428 or something to see that Trump will not be buried in Arlington Cemetery after he dies as a president. That's how wicked they are. They don't, they impeached him, they, they tried everything that they don't want him to give him a decent burial after he's dead when he's living. 
thoughts of you want to listen to this world you want to listen to this wicked people mm. this evil people so my issue is not with the world my issue is with the church my issue is with the church is that okay rgm did i believe a couple of things one they brought an outside agency yeah I think it was more like a secular agency. Mm-hmm. You don't bring outside agency. And I'll give you a scripture yes. for that. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 6. Watch one more. Okay, that's, that's First Corinthians 6, chapter 6, okay, and verse 1 onwards. Okay. I, I go back to scripture. Dare any of you having a matter against another go to the law before unrighteous and not before the, the saints? saints. This is the problem. This is the problem. This is our problem. How dare you, policy? You got an issue and you went to the unrighteous. The unrighteous, unsaved fellow, to investigate your issue, which is a church issue, a Christian issue. And there's worse things happening in this church. Okay. Yeah, yeah. in this church, worse yeah. things are worse happening. Worse things, things are, are happening, happening in this, in this church. church. You know what is this? You know, terrible things, things are, are happening, happening in this church. What is that? A man is living with his stepmother. Hmm. But he says, it is nothing to do with the world. Deal it inside. Why? The principle is right there in the book of the Old Testament. Balaam is cursing left and right. Nothing is happening. His mind is full of curses. Mouth opens. Only a blessing is coming. Are these people great? No. They're terrible people. They're rebels. They're stiff-necked. But God says, I see no iniquity in them. If somebody judges them, I do. you got no business to judge my people. Mm-hmm. And the same principle comes over here. You know what it says? Do you know that the saints will judge the world? And the world will be judged by you. Are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Mm-hmm. Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? Yes. Okay? That's what the things. The first thing there, they should have not got an outside agency. They should not have got an outside agency. They should have got a set of Christian pastors to deal with that or somebody within the Christian framework. Second thing, what was it? I had it in my mind. They did something second. Yeah, second thing. Investration was going on. The minute it died, he died. You should have called it off. Yes. Don't investigate a man after he's dead. Even the law in the world doesn't do that. There's a criminal case against, let us say, Roshan. The minute he dies, the case is dead. It's dead. You don't dig up a dead man's bones. As soon as he died, they should have called it off. They should have called it off. They should not have continued with it. Called it off. Leave it alone. Respect his memory. They should have done that. Okay. And these are fundamental two areas where they went wrong. And I don't believe these women either. Yeah. I don't believe this because I know how these FMs work. They have staged all this around the world. They have been planning and they know who is big, who is no, who is going. They have plotted this all around and all these things. No? The woman who is talking about this, the altar in Zach and the altar in this woman, and they must have been talking to each other. It's all set up and kept and recorded. This thing, you know, today actually they had a talk show going on. And I'll cause quiz because I'm as a man, I shouldn't be talking about it. I'll talk to you about you know, people who are tickle pink about because my wife was listening to it. I didn't even know and I listened. She she answered. Okay. She answered. Okay. And somebody from US heard this and wrote to me. This is funny. Your wife is a bold, bold young lady. There was a talk show saying that that was bashing Revizak. Your wife responded on the comment column and said, let his without sin cast the first zone. Why are these women sharing about their personal issues with another man? They sounded like seductresses, seductress women trying to seduce a man who is tired and at his weakest point. Why do they not share their issues in their family regarding their father with their own father, their husband or pastor? He's not a pastor. I blame them, not him. 
Nobody is trying to condone sin. When you are married, you share personal issues with your husband or another man, no matter who it may be, unless it is Jesus. In a massage parlor, you keep it strictly business, nothing else. All these women are miserable and they enticed him. It was a setup to bring Christians down with the world. I do not buy all these stories. So I read it because a woman should say it, not a man. If you say they will say you are sexist, me too, everything, they will bring it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Hallelujah. (laughs) See, God, when he goes, God goes after his man. Okay, God goes after his man because his purpose is different. You see, let me ask you this question. Go to 2 Samuel. And one thing we always miss, David's great fall. The fall of David. (laughs) Chapter 11. And verse 2. 11, 11, we two. always pick, talk about David, and we should talk about David. Why? Because a man of God. It happened one evening that David arose from his bed, walked on the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. My question is, why, why is she bathing in public mm-hmm. with the lights on, on the roof? And if he has to see that the woman is beautiful, then it is not very far off. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not very far off. He's not talking about her face. She's very close. Very close. Okay. Now, I'm not picking on Bethsheba. Bethsheba is dead and gone. Okay. Okay. Dead and gone. Okay. God did not pick on Bethsheba. God picked on David. Because it is David who was his boy and his man who is being corrected, restored and being taken. He doesn't pick on Bethsheba at all. But the fact of the matter is that there is a woman is out there in the public and there has to be lights otherwise you can't see her in the evening okay and she's vaguely naked my question is why would you go on to your terrace and bathe in public from houses which are higher than you where there are balconies and roofs and people why would you do that in a place like that okay so let's leave this woman aside okay we are looking at the crux of the matter my issue is this. This has got nothing to do with the world. This has got to do with the church. The church has to stand up and say, the fact of the matter is, we don't know the whole truth. Only God knows. Second thing, we don't know. I've, he struggles. And I can, under, when I look into David, I can understand his struggle. When you have, let us say, one million people who listen to you, and then you are struggling with this. How do you go public? You're always living in the fear of what am I doing to these people? So you know what you want to what to do? You just want to die with it and believe, pray, Lord, this never comes out. And to those people who, who listen to him, I will still tell them, continue listening. Mm-hmm. It was the word of God. I don't tear David's arms out. And I won't take uh, Revisac's messages out. I will listen to it and see if there are doctrinal issues. It's not my job to judge him. And at the end of the day, he was not a pastor. He did not have a congregation. Mm-hmm. So if RZM has a problem with him, he's dead and gone. Churches shouldn't have a problem with him. Should not have a problem with him. No. So we look at it that way. My heart goes for his wife, his daughter, especially daughter, because the daughter would be always close to the father, and to his children, and to his grandchildren. I say... Shame to you, church, because he's dead and gone. 
and you are excuse, exposing his family to ridicule, scorn, and mockery. You know what? Love covers. This is that, you know, in the old English, in the Western, when wagons were going from one ties, they used to get attacked by, they call, used to call, now American Indians, those days, Red Indians attacked, you know what they do? The wagon circle. Mm-hmm. Wagon and protect circle. the women and children. And in the women and children are protected mm-hmm. and the men and are fighting, fighting, okay? That's called circling the wagons. Mm-hmm. You know, every time there was a terrible, terrible, stinking, stinking, Scandal in the democratic news media lobby, leftist news media or the leftists, they always circle the wagons. They even completely put a complete lid on uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. Complete lid. Everybody got together and circled the wagons. You know what? But you know what happens? And it never comes out. They glorify him. Now his book is going to be published. <laughs> they are selling his book, Hunter Biden's book. That's what we do. Okay, that is how so the they standard are. of the world. Yeah, standard. That's <laughs> that's the world. In the church, what we need to do 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 that. That we judge among ourselves, hmm. but we always judge, knowing who we are. It's a place where he says Galatians chapter six. Yeah, very very careful with the spirit of meekness, because those who live in glass towers should be very careful about throwing. Yeah. Mm. Let each one examine his own work. And then, no, no, no. No, no, wait. No. Uh, six verses, uh, uh, six, one, one to ten, Pastor. Six no, no, not one. This one, this thing. Yes. How you, how you restore oh, him, was, be was, careful. Oh, yeah, yeah, verse okay. one. Okay. Yes, that one. Verse one. one. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the That's spirit Peter. of gentleness. Considering you yourself, lest you also be Tempted. That's my question to them is that. I don't see the spirit of gentleness. Actually, the other translation will use the word spirit of meekness, Pastor. Spirit that is even meekness, more. Yeah. I don't yeah. see that in the church. I'm not talking about the world. The world are blasphemers. They're agents of the devil. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. I'm talking about, I'm talking to the church. Where is your spirit of gentleness towards his hurting wife and his hurting children and his grandchildren? Where is your spirit? I don't see that. I don't. Everybody's got into the Hollywood news media cancel culture. What are you canceling? Who are you canceling? Revisac or God? Can you honestly stand before man and say that everything that Revisac spoke till the last day, what he spoke, was not scriptural? Can you say that? No. No. Then why do you read uh, Paul's letters? He was a murderer. Mm-hmm. Why do you take the law? It came from a murderer. Why do you read the Psalms? It came from a murderer and an adulterer. You to tell me one good guy in the whole Bible. You want to read the epistles of Peter? Would you leave somebody who betrayed his boss like Jesus and said, I don't even know to a servant called who will read his letter? Tell me one person in the Bible. Tell me one person in the Bible who you can stand up and say, except for the book of Daniel maybe. Who can you say? <laughs> <laughs> so we need to be very, very careful about it. We don't go the way of the world. We are not hiding. We are not covering up or anything. I'm saying this is a house problem. It's a home problem. Because this is a home problem. We don't take it to the streets. And the streets talk about it. We don't even listen to them. We don't even listen to them. We keep it in the house. And we deal it in the house. And we deal it with the spirit of meekness. You know why? Because he's dead. He's gone. 
we don't sully his image his preaching what he has preached but that was from god be very careful about it second he's left a grieving widow and children and grandchildren be very careful be careful know the spirit of the savior he says a smoking flax he will not put out a bruised reed he will not put out okay and this is the time we reach out and we tell them all who are listening tell them you know what i forgot his wife's name marjorie marjorie and naomi margie yeah margie nathan and naomi and the other one and i forgot i mean, only really know naomi and him because i've heard them speak just tell them that you know what we just love you and we are with you in this hour we are with you in this hour we love you we are with you in this hour we don't want to make any judgments about a man who has already been judged by god because he is in god's presence god has already judged him judgment is over when the supreme court has passed the verdict what are we talking about babri masjid Let me tell you honestly. <laughs> now, India, we understand. Supreme Court verdict is over. New construction is about to begin. They have already raised up a thousand crores to build the temple. What are we talking about? That verdict. Verdict is over. It is appointed unto every man to die once and, and judgment. His judgment is already over. Mm-hmm. He is already with the Lord. He is already talked to him face to face. And for all purposes, as far as I understand, what he probably went through and understand, my Savior Jesus just put his arms around him, hugged him, and said, "Ravi." why could you just come to me and cry it out i would have healed you and set you free that's my savior okay that's my savior okay is that the one woman caught in adultery said is there anybody who condemns you mm. she said no don't sin again i also don't condemn you that's my answer to all these people like i said one of the simple ways to do it is stay away from the world and then one third warning to people follow us <laughs> meaning not follow our messages principle i hate this thing one mm. thing i never wanted was to be recognized mm. this is what recognition does to you we were always a voice in the wilderness mm. we don't want we don't want popularity i don't yeah. want to be recognized anywhere by the world because we are we are, at the end of the day we are just earthen vessels carrying treasure the hmm. treasure should be recognized and it doesn't matter from which vessel it comes from a simple uh, alcoholic who got saved called ashari upadeshi in kerala or zevizak it does not matter. matter what matters is what came from there from their mouths the vessel does not matter the world is into a personality cult zrevizak did not become a personality the world made, made him, him that. that that's the, the point. world made him that mm. the same world that made him also brought him down but the god who raised him him raised him has still kept him where god put him when god raises a man the world cannot bring him down the world can say whatever you want about it if god raised revizak revizak will still be revizak god revizak has made his peace with god and he is still where he is and all the people who listen to revizak but the heart was stayed on christ revizak is still where he always was in their hearts if something else they just sympathize with him and his weaknesses and they also say you know what if revisa can fall i need to be even more careful. careful if he can fall that's only lesson we learn if revisa can fall i also can fall lord keep me keep me if any man thinks he stands beware lest he fall and our hearts go to his family and we pray for them we pray for an all revisa fans <laughs> in the christendom pray for margie pray for nathan pray for naomi huh Sarah is the oldest one. Yes. Sarah. Sarah. Pray for Sarah 
and pray for the children and leave them alone. Please leave them alone. If you can't, it's like I remember the Walt Disney movie called Bambi, which I watched with my children. And I can only remember one line from that movie. It is Bambi's father tells Bambi, if you cannot talk nice, then don't talk at all. Because I used to tell that always to my children. <laughs> if you cannot talk nice, one lesson you learn from Bambi, for you with the story, there's one lesson in Bambi, which Bambi's father told Bambi. If you cannot talk nice, then don't talk at all. Okay, so all the Christians over there, all I have to tell you is that he's not, we had a question about judging today, right? Mm. Does he belong to your church? No. no. Then why are you judging him? Mm-hmm. Why are you judging him? So do you have the authority to judge him? No. Okay, he's already been investigated. Judgment has been passed by some secular authority. Leave it alone. But we stay out of it. We stay out of it. Because at the end of the day, it's not, it's not my business. It's not my business. What is this lust about going into the details of somebody yeah, else's world? What is that? I don't understand that part. And no, it's ultimately, it's also about money. <laughs> All these victims, okay. If you are really a victim and you get a huge sum of money, your trauma is gone. I don't understand how money takes trauma away. I'm not saying that people should not be given money, you know. I know, I don't, okay. I still remember one of those old, I like these old cowboy movies, okay. This guy was mistakenly arrested and he was sent to prison and after 13 years or something later when the, he's found he's not guilty and, uh, the judge, uh, gives him compensation. <laughs> he throws the check right to him and says, I don't want your money, I want my life, life back. back. Exactly. I want my life back, okay. <laughs> and that's the way, I don't want your money. Hmm. I don't want your money. I want my life back. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you are after money, that means you already got your life back. Mm-hmm. Already got your life back. Okay. If you are actually after money, in this case, you already got your life back. Okay. So we don't judge people that way. We are not hiding anything, but we leave it to the church to judge the church. And we don't get into Hollywood's cancel culture. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. We don't go that route. We don't cancel God's people. Because Amen. if we cancel God's people, then we have no Bible. Amen. Amen. We have no Bible. We have no Christian literature. Yes, Lord. <laughs> no Christian literature. Because everybody had their issues. Even the greatest of men are still at the end of the day men. And the simple lesson God teaches you through this entire episode is, is this. You are saved by grace. Yes. Grace alone. Mm-hmm. And it is not of yourself that so no man shall boast. Simple lesson mm. about Rabbi Zach's all episode. Huh. Thank you, Lord. Rabbi Zach also was saved by grace. I am also saved by grace. At the foot of the cross, it's level ground. That's Lord Mountbatten. Amen. I guess we'll stop there for today. Yes, Pastor. Okay. Yes, awesome. And we shall pray. Yes, Pastor. <laughs> I'll pray. Yes, please. I'm going to pray for Margie and Sarah and Nathan and Naomi. Father, this evening, we just want to come to you, Lord. The world is merciless, pitiless, and nasty because it is controlled by, by the, the devil. Evil one. Yes, yes. The whole world is under the sway yes, of the evil one, Lord. Yes. But we are not. Mm. We are under the control of the Holy Spirit. Mm. What happened was terrible. What happened to those ladies, if it was all true, 
and they were innocent. It's still true. It is still terrible. But we are not talking about them. We are talking about Revizak's family. Hmm. They are the innocent ones in all of this, Lord. As Shakespeare said, Lord, evil that men do lives after them, but the good is often interred with their bones. Hmm. The world is trying to bury the good he did. It cannot be buried because it was done by faith and that works will always stand. This evening, Lord, we by faith bring Margie and Sarah and Naomi and Nathan and the, their spouses and their grandchildren. And I plead the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over that family. Oh, Father, I pray that you would strengthen them in this hour. Strengthen the wife, Lord, Margie, Lord. She must be hurting. Strengthen the daughters, Lord. Strengthen the daughters' spouses. I pray, Father, this will not affect their marriages. That there will be no snide remarks and snarky remarks about their father. I pray, Lord, there will be the spirit of gentleness. The spirit of love will cover, Lord. For love covers a multitude of sins. Multitude. It's your love that covers. Every blood-washed child of God, when he stands before God, he will realize he's spotlessly clean. None of his sins are remembered. Mm. As far as east is from the west, you have removed our iniquities from us. You have thrown it to the depths of the sea. And I pray, Father, in that family, first, your forgiveness will flow, your mercy will flow, your grace will flow, your reconciliation will flow, and your power will flow. They will stand strong, stand strong in this hour of trial. And I pray, Lord, you would touch the hearts of all those who are their close associates and friends. I pray, Lord, they will be true friends at this hour, like Jonathan, who would stand with David and not with his father, who had his spear out for David. Cover them, protect them, strengthen them, Lord. Though Abel is dead, he still speaks. Though Revizak is dead, he will still speak. For what he spoke, whatever you gave it to him, and that he spoke cannot die. For the word of God will never go void. It will achieve the purpose for which it has been sent forth. And I pray for all the hurting young people, Lord, even in India, who looked up to him. And I pray, Lord, you will speak to them. And tell them, you follow Christ. And listen to Rabbi Zach. Because there's only one man who never fell. One man in whose mouth deceit was never found. Hmm. One man alone who was tempted at all points and never sinned. It was Jesus of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Him we follow. And we listen to the others. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Come in the rest of the night and the new day in U.S. into thy hands. Be with us and be with all your people who are listening from around the world, Lord. We just once again thank you, thank you, thank you, Father, that we are saved by grace and grace alone and not by works. If it was by works, heaven would be empty of humankind. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your son. Thank you, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. 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 Amen.